0: Welcome to the world of Mr. Black. I am he, you are you, and the time is now for Like It Matters Radio. Our power. And you know what we do here? Nothing big. We don't do nothing big. Lee and I just have nothing better to do. You know what we're doing? We're making this world a bit better. You know how we're doing it? One heart, one mind at a time. Uh, Because you matter. Uh, You are unique. You are special. Uh, There is only one of you. Of all the billions of people uh, that have ever walked this planet, maybe in Troy, I don't know. Uh, There's no one like you. There's no one that has your fingerprints. There's no one that has the arterial pattern in the back of your eye, your retina scan. There's no one that has your voice qualities. There's no one that walks the way you do. There's no one that talks the way you do. There's no one that has your trauma and your drama, but not only do they not have your specific trauma and drama, but they don't have the frame that you put around that. They might have the same parents, but they don't have the same experience. You might have the similar genetic code, most of it, but your mental map is far different. No one has your DNA. Nobody has your fingerprints. You could commit a crime today. And at some point in the near future, they're going to catch you. Because you left a skin cell. And every single cell of your body is an exact map of your entire body. Have you ever thought about that? You can take a drink out of a cup. Use a straw. Throw that straw away. Someone can come behind you take that straw out of the trash can and send it to the proper DNA lab. And because of a single cell of your saliva, they have an entire map of your entire genetic code. I mean, (laughs) put that one on. So it doesn't matter what your brother or sister did. It doesn't matter what happened in your past. It doesn't matter who your mama was or who your daddy was. You know what matters is your choices. That's what matters. We are sum total of our choices. Until you realize that, you're gonna be nothing more than a victim or an earth dweller. And neither one does God speak highly of. Because if you're a child of God, you have unmerited favor, you are a prince or a princess in the kingdom of God, and you built nothing, you earned nothing, you created nothing, and yet you have access to all. He is your portion, he is your provision. What could happen on this temporal world of a maximum of 120 years that could ever outweigh the gift of God? which is salvation unto eternity friendship with god peace with god kinship with god and so it's it's a burden it's a responsibility and men and women we're different man god made man and god made women and they're different just like your plugs you know, if you ever have a problem with an electronic system, piece of device, you call the help desk and say, hey, I'm having a problem. My system won't work. My device won't work. And we laugh about it. You know one of the first things they ask you? Is it plugged in? You know what the second thing they ask you? Is it turned on? <laughs> right? Is it plugged in? Is it turned on? Well, I got a question for you. Are you plugged in? Are you turned on? And you know the silly thing about a, a plugged in? There's a male and there's a female part to it. And the female part it sits there waiting for the male part. And when the male part connects to the female part and you plug that thing in, that little light comes on that device. Because that's how God made it, to work that way. And so once the power comes to the device and God breathes air into man, this carbon-based life form, then you got to turn it on. <laughs> and so today we're going to continue the conversation. Today on Like It Matters Radio, I want to continue to focus on men. Men, let's be honest. The lie is that there's a war on women. Every two years, you hear about the war on women because the Democratic Party needs to scare the crap out of women so that they can vote against Republicans, so that by default, we get the government we deserve. But there's been a war on men, let's be honest, and it's been quite effective, let's be honest. Kudos, enemy. Kudos, Beelzebub. Well done. What a warrior. Whether by accumulation of good strategy, whether by apathy or just plain nutrition, men are confused, men are apathetic, men are giving in, and men are just sitting down, going to the back of the bus and shut up because you have no right to say anything if it has to do with a woman or has to do with someone who looks different than you. You can only deal with white men. That's it. Men, change is our path because men, we matter. You matter. Men we're called to be the spiritual leaders of our home. When men don't lead, families fall apart. When men don't lead, countries crumble. We got to find our way back to God's mantle of leadership. And women, you want that? You want that, women? One of my favorite poems—a poem is a poem I got uh, from a, a gentleman who I got to meet, Mister Jim Herrick, who became a friend. Coach Herrick, the only person in addition to John Wooden who led UCLA to a national championship. And this was presented, in a quote from John Wooden, this is what he said. The original of this was presented to me in 1936 upon the birth of my son and has been kept nearby since then. Men, listen carefully. A careful man I want to be because a little fellow follows me. I do not dare to go astray for fear. He'll go the self same way. I cannot once escape his eyes. Whatever he sees me do, he tries. Like me, he says he's going to be the little chap that follows me. He thinks I'm good and fine, believes in every word of mine. The base in me, he must not see this little chap who follows me. I must remember as I go through summer sun and winter snow, I'm building for the years to be that little chap who follows me. Deuteronomy 5.9 says clearly, Thou shalt not bow down thyself unto them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation. I like it when the Amplified says, You shall not worship them or serve them, for I, the Lord, your God, am jealous and passionate, a God demanding what is rightfully, uniquely mine, visiting, avenging the iniquity of sin and guilt of the fathers on the children. That is, calling the children to account for the sins of their father to the fourth and third generations. Ladies and gentlemen, it's not a curse. The sad reality is we pass on our crap. Abusers usually begat abusers. Molesters usually begat molesters. Molesters. You gotta be honest. But you know, you don't have to do that. You can scratch that CD. You can break that LP. They're called family of origin issues. By the time a child is five years old, the majority of their map of reality is in place. They have to figure out the rules how to get through the hell that some parents call childhood for their kids. But now you're not that kid anymore. Well done, soldier. But the war's over. You've gotta reconstruct a new belief system, new rules, a new foundation. And until you do that, you're going to be living the definition of insanity, which is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. That's just crazy. So if you don't like the results, change the approach. As you change the approach, you change the results. Men, it's time to step up. Men, we're doing some self-reflection, some self-focus so that we can serve better, we can sacrifice more, and we become the leaders that we were called to be. That's what we're doing in this Hour of Power. We'll be right back. Here's a real student testimonial from Like It Matters Leadership Awakening Training. The way we met Scott was through an answered prayer. We had a uh, a business associate who recommended a leadership training process It gave us the tools and it gave us the foundation to be able to really formalize and verbalize our values. Leadership Awakening is coming to a location near you. Details at likeitmatters.net. That's likeitmatters.net. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio Like It Matters application is the team. Application today is what I want for you Yeah, I want to inspire you Yeah, you know, I love to educate You know, because, uh, man, we should be lifelong learners Right? Education is not the learning of mere facts and figures As Einstein said Education is the training of the mind to think And look up mass formation Look up Joseph Goebbels We're no longer allowed to think for ourselves And, man, it's on us Men, we're in charge. Men, we're leaders. It's a patriarchal system, right? It's men. And whether you like it or not, you can say life ain't fair. Read the good book. Stop with the pity party crap about life ain't no fair. It's not. Read the good book. Two things I learned from reading the Bible early on. Number one, life ain't no fair. So put your big boy pants on. Big girl pants on. I'm not six foot two and I wasn't born a Kennedy. I'm not good looking and dot, dot, dot. I'd change my package for many other packages out there in a, in, a, in a blink of an eye. So life's not fair, I didn't get to choose. God says what I gave you, be happy with. And number two, life's hard. See, why are you setting up false expectations thinking that life's fair and life's gonna be easy? Jesus Christ was crucified. The Bible says, if, if it hated me, what do you think it's going to do to my followers? If they slaughter the king, what do you think they're going to do to the peasants? Yeah, they're going to make them slaves. Or they're going to slaughter them, rape their women, steal their stuff, and take their land. Welcome to the world. And so, ladies and gentlemen... We all want men to do their proper roles. We all want women in their proper roles. That's not wrong word, proper. God has a design. God's a God of order. That's all. Now, you might not like it. Now, that's a different issue. Deal with it. But today, we're talking about this thing called sins of the Father. And people say, well, God's so harsh. God is just. God is loving. God is slow to anger. You know, Enoch lived to be 365 years on this earth. The Bible says for the first 65 years, he did not follow after God. And then something happened after 65 years that changed his life forever. And for the next 300 years, he walked with God. And he walked so closely with God that God just walked home with him. He never died. And I believe if you look at the book of Enoch, which is extra biblical, it's part of the, uh, the Catholic books that weren't included in the Bible, Apocrypha. I believe what happened was he had a vision. Enoch had a vision. He was getting ready to give birth to Methuselah. And Methuselah's name means when he dies, it will come. When he dies, it will come. What will come? The flood. So Enoch was told, I'm going to give you a son. And the world is evil. Man is wicked. Sorry I created man. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to destroy the earth. I'm going to save seven people, eight people. I should say Moses or Noah in the seven, right? And man, at that moment, Enoch's life was forever changed. Can I tell you, I've had two moments like that. One is when I realized that I was a child of God. How blessed am I? The second is when I had my kids. I wanted a boy so bad. I wanted to be the daddy that I never had. I wanted to raise a boy that could feel loved and appreciated and enough the opposite of everything I experienced But when I went to get the ultrasound with my wife and the doctor said it's a girl My wife said that I looked abused. I looked defeated. I looked so remorseful And I'll never forget that moment because it broke my heart because my daughter Faye changed my life I'm so blessed that I got a girl first and then three boys after that. She's a little mini-me. She used to love me. She said she'd never change her last name because she loved me so much. When I used to go to the airport in Reno, we'd circle the curve and then come to the front curb. And she would start screaming, crying every time. I had a 18-month-old baby, a two-year-old baby, a four-year-old child. Because she loved me so much. Forever changed my life. So in the Bible, God says twice. Sins of the Father go three and four generations for those who hate me. That was in the book of Deuteronomy. But if you know the Bible, uh, Numbers comes first. And in Numbers 14, it was actually when uh, God was going to destroy the people. God was so fed up with the freaking Israelites. You bitter people. You whiny, crying, stiff-necked people. I help you out, and then 24 hours later, you cry out to die in Egypt. I help you out, and you beg to go back into uh, into captivity. I help you out, and all you can do is talk about how good the food was when you were being abused. And so he's ready to wipe them all out, and Moses do one of those things where he has to beg them. He has to talk God. Moses, I mean, I mean, he kept those Israelites alive many times. God, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. And what he does is Moses knew God. Epi. Genosis, not Genosis. Some of you know God, you read about him every once in a while. But Moses, Epigenosis, knew God. And so he's talking, said, so you don't want to do that, because then the Egyptians are gonna hear the Egyptians are gonna hear that the God who delivers people didn't just destroy him. So if you kill this people as one man, then the nations who have heard your fame will say, It is because the Lord was not able to bring his people into the land that he swore to gave them. See how weak Israel's God is? And so Moses was playing them. And now, Moses said, please let the power of the Lord be great as you have promised, saying the Lord is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, forgiving iniquity and transgressions. But he will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation. See, men, it matters. It matters what we do. By the time a child is five years old, the majority of their map of reality is in place. We put in a map of reality, a rule system, a pathway to survive, to get through this childhood because we have no control. During World War II, I told you, the the Philippines were controlled for a little while by the Japanese. And there's like 7,000 islands in the country of the Philippines. People don't know that. And so what the Japanese would do, because they knew the Allies would come back, because MacArthur said, I shall return. Right? He was the original Schwarzenegger. I shall return. And so they put little soldiers on these uninhabited islands, the Japanese did. The concept being, as the Allies got close to these far-off islands to the mainland, then they could radio ahead and, and be prepared for the battle that was about to ensue. And so, as you know, the the Americans won and defeated the Japanese, and MacArthur did return. But about 25, 30 years after the war had ended, they started getting reports on one of these islands that it was starting to be inhabited. They were starting to do ag- and farming and uh, a few people were killed farm animals were being slaughtered stolen and so after much reconnaissance and and spying they figured out what was going on there was still a Japanese soldier on that island uh, who was not aware that the war was over? Now they figured out who this guy was. They sent in leaflets. They sent in people from his past. And this guy s- was a good soldier. He just—it was all Connery. It was all spies. They wasn't real. They were working for the enemy. And so he—he uh, he stayed his course. He kept his commission. He kept his—he had a responsibility. He was told Unt- until you're relieved from duty, you will defend this island. This is your homeland. And he kept those orders because that's the orders. He had. he was a good soldier. So after a while, they figured they're just going to take this guy out. They're going to have to kill him, set up some sharpshooters, a SWAT team, and take this dude out. He's crazy. He's killed people. He's causing havoc. They can't allow it. The Japanese government said one last time, hey, let's get him out of there. Don't kill him. Let us get him out of there. Let's see if we can. If one last chance we can't, do what you got to do. So they got a retired World War II era dude, put on his uniform, got an old retired um, boat, craft. Anchored off the coast of that island for a couple of days, knowing that that was a good soldier. After a few days being anchored off the coast, this military retired military guy in his World War II era uniform uh, went on, on land Had a landing party. S- laid uh, Sat down with his back to the ocean. In front of him was a thicket of the trees and bushes of the forest. And he laid out whatever it is, the ceremonial teas. I don't have time to go into that. It doesn't really matter for the story. And after a while, an hour or two, through the thicket comes this Japanese soldier in uniform still. They take him back to Japan. You know what happened to him? He wasn't thrown in prison. He wasn't thrown in jail. He was he was made a hero. He was taken care of for the rest of his life. He just died a few years back. You know what the Japanese government said to that soldier? It's something that every one of us need to pick ourselves up, dust ourselves off, and look in the mirror and say the same words well done soldier but the war is over well done soldier but the war is over you're not your father's child you're not in their home i don't care what happened to you as a child change it change it children learn from what they see right i saw you hang my first painting in the refrigerator and i immediately wanted to paint another I saw you feed a stray cat, and I learned it was good to be kind to animals. I saw you make my favorite cake for me, and I learned that the little things can be the special things in life. I saw... When you said a prayer and I knew that there's a God I could always talk to and learn to trust in him. I saw you make a meal and take it to a friend who was sick and I learned that we have to help take care of each other. I saw when you thought I wasn't looking. I saw you give your time and money to help people at nothing and I learned that those who have something should give to those who have nothing. I saw you take care of our house and everyone in it and I learned we have to take care of what we're given. I saw how you handled your responsibilities even when you did Didn't feel good and I learned I would have to be responsible when I grow up. I saw tears come from your eyes and I learned that sometimes things hurt, but it's all right to cry. I saw you cared and I wanted to be everything I could be because I saw you were watching me. Men, I don't know what happened in your past. It doesn't matter what happened to you. What matters is what's happening in you. Because people are watching and you got to live your life, man, like people are watching because God's always watching. But be careful little eyes where you go. Be careful little feet where you go. I'm sorry. Be careful little eyes what you see. Be careful little feet where you go. Be careful little ears what you hear. Because men, men don't stumble today. Marriages, marriages don't crumble in a day. It's a slow fade. We'll be right back after this break. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. And for those that don't know, uh, there's many facets to Like It Matters. We have a tendency to uh, be a ministry-focused organization. You know, we have a couple of uh, orphanages in Uganda uh, just finishing up a house for Nantume. She takes care of 32 uh, kids right now. In Uganda, they got a men problem, just like in America. We just aren't aware of it they are what happens in Uganda people have sex just like in America pretty freely uh, and it produces a child of course they can't take care of that child so they have the child and just abandon it and so you have all these homeless kids they have a lot of people in Uganda who want to help out because they have compassion but they have no money they live in a poor country So they just take in all these kids, and they just become these wayward little orphanages. And we have uh, three of them that we supported. We separated with one because I couldn't really, after two years, couldn't really be sure that he was spending the money the way he should be. But we have two, and one of them, we are building a house. She lost her home in About four months ago, and uh, her mom gave her a piece of property years ago when she died, and she's never been able to do anything. And so we've invested six grand over the last four weeks, uh, and we just put doors and windows on the house. Brand new home. I'll send you pictures. Just email me at Black at likeitmattersradio.com. Uh, but we still need about 2,000. We got to uh, get a latrine set up for those kids in there, and we got to get water to the house. So about 300 for the water, about 1,500 for the latrine. So we need about 2,000 more, and uh 32 children in Nantume, but hundreds will occupy that home over the years, and they get the word of God from me. So uh, go to likeitmatters.net slash um um, non-profit that's what it is non-profit and you can help us out we do a lot of things we do a lot of things we do leadership training uh, i do counseling but we also have this daily radio show and this is on freedom 1570 it's based in minneapolis monday through friday from 11 a.m to 12 noon central standard time you can listen by live streaming at LikeItMattersRadio.com. however Separately, uh, I do a biweekly podcast. So wherever you listen to podcasts, an Apple Podcast, whatever it is, uh, just search for "Living Life Like It Matters." And it's a biweekly. A Monday story time with Mr. Black, usually fifteen minutes or less, a story with a message, uh, a little encouragement, motivation. And then on Thursdays is a full blown episode, kind of like a radio show. Sometimes it's a replay of the radio show. Like today, uh, this will be the podcast tomorrow, but there'll be extra content. So if you're listening to this and you're listening. On the podcast when that when this radio show comes to an end on the next segment. Uh, if you're on the podcast, keep listening, because there's going to be a, se- a last segment about 15 minutes of extra content that people on the radio, because Lee makes me get off of here at noon. Lee's mean. He's mean. My producer's hardcore. He says, Black, eleven fifty-eight, fifty-eight, fifty. 58 50 you got to get off my radio station. What? Because I got other paying. For- I know. it's. I can't believe it either. So those that Lee won't bend with me, I put on the extra content afterwards for the podcast. So go to Living Life Like It Matters, wherever you listen to podcasts, And not only will you get what you're listening to right now in the next segment, but you will get some bonus material. And so today we're talking about men and we're talking specifically about sins of the father go to the third and fourth generation. And it's not a curse, men. Remember the saying, a picture is worth a thousand words. So the typical human being speaks 120 to 150 words per minute. I get to 180, you know that. <laughs> it's like, uh, I've heard people say learning from me is like taking a drink out of a fire hose. That's a lot coming at you at one time, right? A lot coming at you. But a picture's worth a thousand words. And so if you're speaking 120 to 150, uh, I'm pretty good at math too. That's about six to eight minutes of nonstop dialogue. See a picture, there's a story in the picture. Why do you think God spoke in the Old Testament in visions? Uh, because it can be interpreted but it can have multiple layers of meaning multifaceted abacus, abacus just layers layers of meaning that's why the bible stories from the bible were passed down stories because your mind is so creative and so man it matters we got to get in the game we got to we got to get our hearts right we got to get our minds right and we got to get our spirits right again a little data lack of masculine leadership In 1960, a little more than 5.5 million children lived in single family households. 50 years later, that number has quadrupled. So every 12 years it doubles. So if you know the rule of 72, the rule of 72 was in financial services, that's how money doubles. So if you got 6% interest, it doubles in 12 years. If you have 12% interest, It doubles in six years. The rule of seventy-two. Just saying, it's pretty cool little things I learned in financial services. You know, the cool another one is if you take your knuckles and you put make a tight fist and then count on your knuckles, you can know which. Uh, months of the year have 31 years wherever the crevices in between your knuckles They don't and wherever your knuckles are those are 31 years So you start with January the outside knuckle February is the indentation then March April May June July and You get to that last knuckle hit it again. So July and August are on that same knuckle and then right uh, September October November December every knuckle is 31 days I'm sorry, just a little crazy stuff. But the rule is 72. So in 1960, 5.5 million. So we're we're basically have a 6% growth, just so you know. 6% growth, roughly, a year in children growing up without in a single family household. Almost every social illness society is related to breakdown of family, absence of masculine leadership. Fatherless children, up to 200% more likely to have emotional behavioral issues. 68% more likely to use drugs, alcohol. Far more likely to become sexually active at a younger age. Three times more likely to commit a violent crime. 63% of teenagers who attempt suicide come from fatherless homes. 71% of high school dropouts come from fatherless homes. 90% of all homeless and runaway kids are from fatherless homes. 80% of all youth in prison are from fatherless homes. 40% of black children grow up in fatherless homes sons growing up without fathers are 300% more likely to become incarcerated you see what's going on with the black community daughters growing up without fathers have a 92% higher divorce rate and then you add that to far more likely become sexually active at a younger age and you wonder why about half the black abo- uh, births and in abortion, the toughest place for a black child to be. Let's be honest, is in a black womb. And those little kids, whether white or black or brown or yellow, are watching. And a picture's worth a thousand words. Yesterday I shared an article about six unique ways fathers positively influence their sons, and I quoted from you First Corinthians 16 because God tells us how to be a man and it's 1 Corinthians 16:13 and 14 says, "Be watchful." In other words, be aware, pay attention, soldier. stand firm in the faith, face a belief system, act as if. And this says act like men comma He, de- de- he defines it. it's parenthetical. Act like men, what it means? He means being strong. A righteous man will stumble seven times, but get back up, but the wicked will stumble into ruin. Be strong. And verse 14 says, let all that you do be done in love. Love's a verb. It's not a feeling. Get over it, men. Yeah, you might not feel the same way towards your wife that you did when you made love to her the first time or you kissed her the first time. But love is not a feeling. Love is a verb. For God so loved the world, he did something about it. For a soldier so loves his country, he does something about it. For a police officer so loves their community, they do something about it. For a mother so loves their child, they do something about it. For a father so loves his child, he does something about it. You don't hear it? And so it's a great article. It talks about what men need. Good fathers uh, are, have a big heart, open arms, gentle, firm voice, dirty fingernails. That means they work. Laugh lines because they don't take themselves too serious. But the last one was interesting. Devoted eyes. Devoted eyes. Remember, a picture's worth a thousand words. So let me read what they said about devoted eyes. Quote, one of the most significant things a father figure can model is love for his wife. Boys need a man to show them what being a loving and committed husband really looks like, what they said really means. But I'm going to tell you what, people don't need another sermon, men. They need an example. Quit preaching it. Start living it, men. What you're doing, men, speak so loudly that people don't need to hear the sermon that you're preaching. A picture's worth a thousand years. And so in this article, it says they were talking about this guy, talking about Stan, the person this article is about. Remembers Granddaddy Moore speaking in respectful, almost reverent tones about Mabel. So here's a, a grandchild looking up to their granddaddy, and what does this grandchild remember? Now that this grandchild is now a grandparent, Stan remembers Granddaddy Moore speaking in respectful way. See, he saw it, he heard it, almost reverent tones about Mabel. His wife of 50 years, always the tease. He would get some, quote, sugar or hug, hugger until she said, stop that, Willie. The children in the room. Stan had no doubt that granddaddy truly cherished his wife. You see the picture? And then goes on to say, you might not find all these qualities perfectly packaged in one man, but your son will reap the benefits from being with a variety of males who exemplify traits you want them to learn. Uncles, grandfathers, coaches, or godly older teens may each contribute to a boy's training for adulthood. But you know what? If only black people can represent black people, and if only women can talk about women's issues, then I think it would be fair to say that only men can teach a boy how to be a man. And I've been blessed. I had a terrible father. My birth father disappeared. I think he was killed. The one that God gave me on this planet was abusive and mean and nasty. But he gave me a great example of what he'd never want to be. But when I was doing that, there was a guy in Las Vegas had a, plate, a company called Harrington Concrete where it taught me how to work hard, Dave Harrington. He became the daddy he never had. In Minneapolis, Rick Hypo and the Hypo clan Showed me what a real family is and how to be a good role model and still be a good Christian. Brett Wassel, who is the kindest, gentlest person I ever met, will give the shirt off his back, taught me how to be a man of God, a conduit. You know, we need to have men in our lives who are good men. I want to be that for some of you. Not everybody has a Mr. Black in their life. But the ones that do are blessed. What about you? Are the people in your life blessed? because you're the man that God's called you to be after the break, we're going to go to cut five disciplines that'll help you be a better man. I'm black and we'll be right back. Take a listen to this comparison of other training to leadership awakening for probably two thirds of my Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters inspiration, education, and application. I am black, and I am back. What do you know, right? What do you know? He's black and he's back. You know, I was just reading uh, on my uh, Facebook uh, feed. Uh, Another one dies, 26 years old, Jalon Ferguson, football linebacker, date of death, June 21st, 2022, was born in 1994. Wow. I was 30 years old when he was born. And he's dead. You know, and then right below that, Lori Jackson, uh, one of my friends puts, we tried to tell those that believed in the vax not to get it. You know, look it up. I don't know the guy's name. I apologize. 25 years old. He was a number one draft at a Purdue University. Uh, played football for three years. For some reason, isn't playing football. Wasn't playing football. 25 years old. Died. Now, I was reading it. And this was three, uh, four years ago, five years. He's 25 years old. So we're talking three, four years ago. Four years ago because he played three years and it showed last year wasn't playing. But you know what his cause of death was? natural causes how does someone 25 years old die of natural causes do you understand that's just that's illogical that makes no sense at all and yet here we are we're told to believe it just like this 26-year-old healthy NFL football player who's woke because the NFL is woke. So they all getting their vaxes. You know, Anthony Fauci got all his vax, all his boosters, uh, and yet he has COVID again. I can honestly tell you I've never been tested for COVID. I've never had one of those things stuck up my nose and those particles deposited in that point that goes right to the brain quicker than anything else. I've never had a shot for COVID. I've never had a booster for COVID. I have not been in the hospital or seen a doctor outside of a tooth problem since COVID. Uh, I'll be in Sturgis again for the eighth year in a row, around 400,000 people without mask on. Uh, I do leadership trainings, very intimate, very intense, In 48 hours, uh, you are closer to people than you've ever been in your entire life, six inches away, nose to nose, sitting right next to each other, touching each other the whole two and a half days, Uh, going from six in the morning to three in the morning, crying, projecting, having a Super Bowl party type of thing, that type of energy, never got COVID, never got a booster, never been tested. See, ladies and gentlemen, we are examples for others to follow. And you got to ask yourself, what type of example are you giving? Right now, the example is that men should just shut up and just go into existence. Just get your money, take your vacations, copulate a couple times a month, and then just shut up and get out of the way. And look what's happening in our country. It's falling apart. Look what's happened to our families. It's falling apart. The church is a joke. The church is no different than the world today. The great apostasy's been talking about. We are living in the great apostasy. Most churches out there, I do not believe, are walking in the will of God. They're too much in the world's way. And so, man, you got to decide. Who are you going to be? A great article I got, and um, I think it was from Crosswalk. It's not from Focus on the Family. That's what I referenced, but that's what the last article was. And it basically talks about the end goal of the Christian life is to become the man that God wants us to be. We're talking to men. The end goal of the Christian life is to become the man that God wants us to be. We do this by following his vision, mission, purposes, goals to shape our lives. One way we can lead men is through spiritual discipline. A discipline, in our, in our case, spiritual discipline is a training activity that helps to shape and mold character. See, that's what's different. We're not molding character. Our hearts are so tied in to so much garbage. Our hearts are so tied in to so much stuff that doesn't really matter. We're wrapped up in the temporal. There are two worlds. One is temporal. One is eternal. And a good man realizes that temporal is temporary. Eternal is forever. And so this article goes that there are five disciplines. I'm going to tell you right now. You will never be the man you want to be. You will never be the father you want to be. You will never be the husband you want to be. You will never be the leader you want to be and until you're walking with God. You got to figure that out. I mean, there's a new poll. New poll: Fewer believers don't count. Uh, don't don't believe in God. The youngest Americans, those born after 1990, ready for this, have the lowest belief rate in God at almost 70 percent. And Also suffered the most severe recent drop of 10% so they're dropping rapidly. You know why because the example they're getting from a single-family home Because the example they're getting you know the number one cause for abuse and molestation in the home is a man in the home Who's not the father? Did you hear me a man in the home who's not the father? That's why because women women have to share their bed with someone see that's the problem Because we've walked away from God And everybody has to have sex because sex is a right. You know, it's in the Constitution just like abortion is. You just got to find it. It's in there, though. So we all have a right to copulate, right? We all have a right to be happy. I'm here to be happy. And so if my husband leaves me, I'm not there. Then I find someone else sharing my bed. The problem is that man, not all of them, but a lot of them, are while you're sleeping and you're drunk and passed out or doing drugs after having sex and drugs, and then your kids are being molested. It happens looking up. And so we talk about breaking down silos. When there's unli- when there's limited attention, we have to fill in the vacuum. When there's limited space to work and think and, and, you know, a small cramping space and now boyfriends live in there and all that limited space. We fill in the vacuum, limited information. We fill in the vacuum, limited resources. We find something to do with our time, limited opportunity. Life's a beach ball and then you die. That's why North Carolina preschool uses LGBT flashcards depicting a pregnant man to teach kids color. Why? Because you teach those five-year-old kids that it's normal. That's what you got to do. They got to get them normalized. They got to teach the homosexuality, LGBT, people talk about sex. I mean, think about this. If you talk about sex at work, it's sexual harassment. But somehow allowing teachers to talk to our kids about sex at five years old is okay. But if you did the same thing at work, you'd be fired for sexual harassment. But it's okay for teachers to groom children of five years old, and that's their right. You have no right to interfere with that. Men, where are you at? Leaders, warriors, conduits. You got to fight for the innocence of that child. Who else is going to do it? The world wants to get them. The world hates God, and the world hates children of God. And if you're a child of God and your kids are a target, because you're seeing it. Let them go their own way. Don't follow after God. Don't tell them what to believe. Let them decide for themselves. It's working so well, the definition of insanity. You gotta get passionate about this. Yeah, I get heated up. I get turned on. I get going. And you need, it's time to get passionate about things that matter. Not the Dallas Cowboys. Not the Minnesota Vikings. Not the red team or the blue team. Not if your guy won or didn't win. This is souls. This is life. This is reality. Pastor Brian Chappell of Unlimited Grace tells a story about a missionary in Zimbabwe. And Nancy Eckert was one of the missionaries. She was a Cliff translator. In Zimbabwe, there's a white cliff translator that worked for a number of years translating the New Testament. Every day, he would walk from his apartment to his office to do his work. Every day on his walk, he would pass the same street side vendor. And what was his job? He rolled cigarettes. Day after day, the translator went past this man whose name was Gambarobi. And finally, the work of the translation was done. He knew he'd be leaving the country since his work was done. He wanted to give a gift to Gambarobi. The gift he wanted to give him was the fruit of his efforts, the New Testament. However, he knew it was a problem. He knew that that guy, he needed paper. So he would share the word with his man, who would become a sort of a friend, but he knew how the paper pages would be just used to burn cigarettes. He was a cigarette vendor. They would just be rolled and smoked. So he knew the power of the word of God, and he also knew that this man, Gambarobi, would most likely tear out the pages of his gift and use them to support his lifestyle. Cigarettes. Not wanting to be daunted by the thought of Gambarobi using the Bible pages to, to roll and sell cigarettes, he made a deal with him his Zimbabwe friend. The deal was this, that he would give Gambarobi this New Testament Bible on one condition, on one agreement, one testament. He was to read each page before he smoked it. And if he would just read it first, then he gave him permission to go ahead and take it tear it out and smoke it. And Gabarobi agreed to the deal. And the gift of change was consummated. Years later, the translator showed back up to Zimbabwe to hear from Christian leaders. And one of the speakers was Gambarambi. So he started by telling people about the deal he made with this, this guy. And the condition I made to get the newly translated New Testament, he was required to read all pages before he chose to tear it out and to roll a cigarette and smoke it. So he went on to say this. He said, I smoked through Matthew. I smoked through Mark, I smoked through Luke, and I smoked through John. Until I got to John 3.16 and that changed my life forever. And then I sent my heart to heaven instead of the smoke. Men, our children need to see a man who's sending his heart to heaven instead of smoke. A second tool, Books by Mr. Black, always opening up your mind. Third, Workshops, where we teach people how they work and how to function at a higher level. Nice job, that's it for today, wrap it up. Contact Mr. Black at mr.black at likeitmatters.net, building a better you today. likeitmatters.net, helping people live their lives like they matter. That's mr.black at likeitmatters.net. Discover the tools to build your relationships, your vision, and your life. Welcome back to Sins of the Father. And those of you listening on podcasts, as I've been promised you, there is new content. So this uh, radio show was played on likeitmattersradio.com. And again, you can uh, listen to our daily radio show Monday through Friday from 11 a.m. to 12 noon Central Standard Time. That airs out of Minneapolis, St. Paul. And so the first four segments that you've already listened to were part of the radio show. I do have an extra content for those of you that listen to my bi-weekly podcast and that's uh, available wherever you listen to podcasts just search living life like it matters so man we've been talking about the importance of men and it's absolutely critical i truly believe that men have been downplayed for a long time you can talk about simpsons married with children um men are a bunch of buffoons, goofballs. Uh most of the civilization's problems are blamed on men, the patriarchal society. Uh uh I mean, right now there's a movement that if you're a white conservative male, you're the biggest threat to this country. Uh if you're a conservative male, you're a threat, you're a waste, you're a screw up, you have no right to say anything. And so, man, the only men that seems are okay today's world is progressive men uh and homosexual men, Uh, And outside of homosexual men or progressive men, if you're a man, you're under assault. And the problem is, men, we have a huge role in the raising of our children. And because of the lack of that role and us focusing on that role, uh, we're in a mess. This is why as a man, we gotta be under construction. We got, gotta be constantly working to be a little bit better today than yesterday, a little bit better tomorrow than today. This is why emotional intelligence is critical. We live in an emotionally dead world. And this is why I teach this at likeitmatters.net. Through emotional intelligence, you learn about self-awareness, improve self-confidence and candor. It, it makes you more aware as a human being and more confident because you know who you are. Self-regulation. Increased integrity, openness to change, because the only thing constant in life, man, is change. Motivation, the ability to move yourself and others. Uh, optimism, strong drive to succeed, achieve, improve. Commitment, things that aren't taught anymore, aren't even instilled as values. Empathy. We don't need justice in this world. We need empathy. We need understanding. Because if I can understand you a little bit better, and you can understand me a little bit better, doesn't make sense we're in a position to have a better relationship. Empathy is about improved ability to work with others, building great teams, retaining the best people, superb communication skills. And lastly, uh, social skills. The increased ability to influence, persuade others, lead change, because gentlemen, if not you, then who? If not now, then when? Planes crash and people die. It's absolutely critical that we realize that we all need to be better salespeople. Selling is nothing more than gaining agreements from someone to buy your product, your service, your your belief in God, your hand in marriage. And how about the, the, the things of society? Men, we gotta stand up. Men, we gotta start going back to men being men and women being women. It worked beautifully. It fits in together nicely. It's like a nice electrical socket and a nice plug-in. They fit together well. It brings power. You can function at a high level. You can stay warm. You can stay effective. You can stay efficient. You can stay purposeful. That's what we want. Man, it's important. The importance of a father and a child's life is downplay. Like, it doesn't matter. It matters. from the Pediatric Association of Franklin. Fathers and emotional development. Fathers, like mothers, are pillars in the development of a child's emotional well-being. Children look to their fathers to lay down the rules and enforce them. They also look to their fathers to provide a feeling of security, both physical and emotional. Children want to make their fathers proud. And an evolved father promotes inner growth and strength. Studies have shown that when fathers are affectionate and supportive, it greatly affects the child's cognitive and social development. It also instills a overall sense of well-being and self-confidence. Fathers also set the bar for relationship with others. It's fathers that have the effect. Fathers not only influence who we are inside, but how we have relationships with people as we grow. The way a father treats his child will influence what he or she looks for in other people. Friends, lovers, spouses will all be chosen based on how the child perceives the meaning of the relationship with his or her father. The pattern a father sets in the relationship with his children will dictate how his children relate with other people. And daughters, oh my gosh. Fathers and their daughters, there's stories written about that. Young girls depend on their fathers for security, emotional support. A father shows his daughter what a good relationship with a man is like. If a father is loving and gentle, his daughter will look for those qualities in men when she's old enough to begin dating. If a father is strong and valiant, she will relate close to the men of the same character. And we know about fathers and their sons. How a man learned to be a, a boy, learn to be a man? Their father is their hero. Their father is their emulation. Their father is their example. See, unlike girls who model their relationships with others based on their father's character, boys model themselves after their father's character. Boys will seek approval from their fathers from a very young age. As human beings, we grow up by imitating the behavior of those around us. That's how we learn to function in the world. If a father is caring and treats people with respect, the young boy will grow up much the same. When a father is absent, young boys look to other male figures to set the rules. And so in this article, I'm going to tell you there are five disciplines that really allows a man to grow into the man he was created to be. You know, 1 Corinthians 9.25 says everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. And I'm going to tell you what these five disciplines are. First one's prayer. Just in conversation with an unseen God. Prayer is merely talking to God. It shows a hierarchy. It shows there is a God, it's not me. It's a daily reminder that no man is an island or rock unto himself. We're all part of a larger continent. There's more to life in this temporal world. See, it, 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 prayer... Puts us in our, in our proper place. There's two worlds. One's temporal. One's eternal. One is sensory based. One's spirit based. See, and by in prayer, it reminds us of what's real and what's temporal. It also aligns with God's plans for our life and our children. It lowers us on the totem pole. We're not God. Let God be God. We got to realize who we are and why we're here and whose We are, and you know it's humbling. We need to humble ourselves. Our children need to see us humble and still roaring like a lion. Not just they don't need it. We seem to be all men are the you know the lambs, but remember, men, we're also the lions from the tribe of Judah as well. So think about that. Prayer. How about Scripture? Knowing the Word. People want the truth, and I believe there is a search for it. As Christians, we believe truth originates from God alone. There is wisdom in the Bible. The Bible's good for reproof, for learning, for growing, for discipline. I think it's a uh, First something three. It's three sixteen. I don't know if it's James or First Timothy, Second Timothy. I think it's Second Timothy three sixteen. Right? What's the standard, man? Whatever you make your standard, those children are going to make their standards. Three brotherhood. Men need relationships with other men. Good men. Men who not only failed to uh, develop meaningful relationships with other men, but also lack adding in the spiritual component of others, uh, it's not a good placement man. If, if that's what you're doing, it's not all about you. It's about building up men so that men can be leaders, so that men can be not about themselves, so that men can be sacrificial and servant. Which brings us to number four, accountability. How do you, How do you keep yourself accountable? And accountability sounds bad, but it's just it's just people keeping in check and encouraging you to stay the course. That's why you have a mission statement. Part of having a mission statement is not only that keeps you on course, but it tells you when you're off course. Sometimes you got to know what to stay away from. If your mission is to be a man of integrity and you have a way to make money an ill-gotten way, then it's, it's not an option. If you're a man of integrity, your mission says, then you want to go out to a, a topless bar for a lunch meeting. And look at other naked women running around get turned on by someone who's not your wife. Because the Bible's pretty clear that if you look at a woman lusting your eyes, you commit adultery with her in your heart. See, that's it. Are you here to serve the world? Do you want what the world says okay with you? Or do you want what God says is okay with you? And number five, personal ministry. Are you serving other people? Is this all about you? Or are you showing your kids? How it's not all about you. And so when you tell them it's not all about them, are you a good example where it's not about you? Who are you helping? Who are you serving? Whose life is better today? Because you have been given the gift of life. Because you're going to be remembered. It's called a eulogy. It's called a funeral. It's called a celebration of life. And men, what kind of children do you want to build? I love the quote from uh, the poem from Doctor. uh, Doctor, (laughs) he wishes from General Douglas MacArthur. While he was stationed in Australia, he was Supreme Commander of Allied Forces in the Southwest Pacific, and he penned this prayer for his son Arthur. This is something I would write: Build me a son, O Lord, who'll be strong enough to know when he is weak and brave enough to face himself when he's afraid. One who will be proud and unbending and honest defeat and humble and gentle in victory. Build me a son whose wishes will not take the place of deeds, a son who will know thee, and that to know himself is the foundation stone of knowledge. Lead him, I pray, not in the path of ease and comfort, but under the stress and spur of difficulties and challenge. Here, let him learn to stand up in the storm. Here, let him learn compassion. For those who fail, build me a son whose heart will be clear, whose goal will be high, a son who will master himself before he seeks to master another man, one who will reach into the future yet never forget the past. And after all these things are his, add, I pray, enough of a sense of humor so that he may always be serious yet never take himself too seriously. Give him humility. So that he may always remember the simplicity of true greatness, the open mind of true wisdom, and the weakness of true strength. Then I, his father, will dare to whisper, I have not lived in vain. Because after you're gone, people are going to write about you. And would you want that written? Would you want something like this? A poem from Melissa, who wrote this in 2009, called Always My Father but never my dad. I'm sorry you missed out when I went to school for the first time, and you didn't have me to tell you that you were all mine. I'm sorry you weren't there to take me to the mall and you weren't there to tell me I have to stand tall. Sorry you weren't the one I saw when I came home that day or the one I'd run to when I had a bad day. I'm sorry you didn't hear me write these. You'd have been so proud and you weren't there to lift me up on that cloud. Sorry you weren't there to tell me there's nothing to fear, but then again, you should have been here. I'm sorry you weren't the one to teach me to ride a bike or the one who took me on my first ride. I'm sorry you weren't the one who carried me on his back that was my other daddy, the one I actually had, or the one who held me tight when strength is what I lacked, or I'm sorry you weren't the one to hold me when I cried or... Tell me I did great when all I did was really try. I'm sorry you were never there to teach me how to cook or there at night to read me my favorite book. I'm sorry me as a daughter is what you never had. You'll always be my father, but you will never be my dad. Men, you matter. And when you live your life like it matters, it gives those children Belief in you, belief in themselves, and the desire to make you proud. And that means to live their lives like they matter, because they do. You have been listening to Mr. Black, Master Trainer for Like It Matters. Please find us on Facebook by searching LIM Radio. Make sure to follow us, like our posts, and share with others. Also, search YouTube for Like It Matters. Be sure to like and subscribe to our channel. And for more information on how we can help you live life like it matters, go to likeitmatters.net where you can find more information on our transformational training, our life coaching, counseling, our radio show, and other ways we help you continue the journey of living life like it matters.